Zing, zing. Another episode of Impress Me with Music. I am your host, Mary Novohovsky. And I'm just that dude the cut, Dave Metz. Oh, that's right. We have another co-host. It's my husband, Dave Metz. Uh, you're listening to my favorite part. This is uh, one of the only tracks that we could find where Mac Miller and Ariana Grande uh, worked on a song together. And I've really really love this it kind of made me tear up when we listened to it the other day yeah i mean i i kind of went and did like a a dive on his music a little bit after our last episode you know he he had some good shit this is good this is yeah this is good so this is our kind of one more one more ode to to old good good old mac miller and r.i.p man yeah, um, they only worked together in three songs ever. How many Tupac Biggie collabs were there? Like four. Four. So two people that hated each other worked together more than two people that were in love. That's kind of wild. I sort of thought, I thought that you would, we would look them up and there would be a bunch of tracks, but this is, I guess, this is one of three, and uh, I I like this song. And you're hoping for like an 06 Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. This is way more understated than that, but this beat is tight. Yeah. I actually think he produced this beat. If I'm, let me look it up. Tonight. What? Do you want to let the uh, audience know the answer after this short commercial break? Oh yeah, he has so words from our sponsors. Oh yeah, we got sponsors. Bitch. Bitch. Hi, I'm Martha Reddick, and I'm the host of the podcast Chronicles of Nania a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. Each week on Chronicles of Nannia, I'm joined by a guest to discuss topics related to nannying. From how to build the perfect fort to how to legally pay your taxes, we cover it all. If you've ever accidentally told your friend, I need to potty, this podcast is for you. See you on the playground. What's up, dudes? Hey, guys. I'm Tobes. I'm Jesse. And we're the host of Worst Contact, a show for aliens by humans, where we discuss every aspect of human life, such as death, life, juggalos, cats, LARPing, art, war, athleticism with world's greatest athlete, Action Ronnie Glibson. That's one of my favorite episodes. Hell yeah. Uh, we keep it fun, we keep it goof, we never script it, and we always have a good time. But don't bring the kids along, because we say naughty words. All on MachineCulture.com. Peace! But you know, all day they couldn't say the shit they wanted to say. They had the fake orgasms and shit. We can tell niggas today, hey, I want to come, motherfucker. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. Are they supposed to be like SpongeBob SquarePants people? 
I, I don't know. This is actually my first time watching a music video. What I didn't know is that this would be a first watch. I've been listening to this song since it came out, though, and I first was like, <laughs> what a stupid song, and now I can't stop listening to it. Yeah, I mean, it's conceptually, like, really stupid. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Kanye's really trying to stay relevant in this. Who's the comedian that they have sampled? Uh, oh. Adele Givens. Yeah. He's wearing a chain that says Donda. That's his mom's name, right? Correct. And he's wearing like house shoes. Oh yeah, this isn't like a three three or six six time. That's one thing that is kind of interesting about this beat. Um. Uh oh. Computer's loading. Uh oh. What did we're we're getting internet issues? Well, let's not dwell on it. So, what's the big news about Kanye? He made some announcement He's this week. He's moving to Chicago, but he ain't taking Kim with. What do you think? Why? Why moving? Why? Why is he moving back to Chicago? Um, I think. One, I'm not sure if this is like he's in the midst of a bipolar, like manic episode. And I'm not, uh, in case anyone at home is wondering, I am neither a psychologist nor a psychiatrist. Dude, there's nor... that noise again. There is that noise again. I think that's on you. I think you're making things noisy. Oh, shake it out. Shake out the cord. It is my cord. It's kind of weird that in the song about people being such fucking hoes, he's wearing like a necklace with his mom's name. Yeah, definitely. That's a little. That's a little odd, right? I mean, he has a weird relationship with his mom. You know, here, let me see if I can turn my mic again. Something that I always found really interesting about. Did you ever listen to that um, track where Kanye? Um, it's the end of one of his albums, and he's just talking. He's telling the story of Kanye's success. And that's actually the first time you get a hint that maybe this dude here. Let's see if it'll play again. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a quick second. Here, you. you I mean, you, if we can't you, access you, you the tell, internet, I'll, I'll, don't, this this will not be, podcast will not work. Don't um, don't worry about it. Um, you've got you've got a partner in IT. Okay, so let me get to it. So the weird one of the weirdest things about the Kanye, I can't remember what the song is called. He's to the rock, and they ask you, they ask you, they ask you, Mr. Rockefeller. You know that song? It's the last track of like a college dropout, I think. And in it, he tells the story of Kanye West, and you, you, we get this first glimpse of this is a guy that's like obsessed with himself because he's telling his story on like either his first or his second album, like his story. But what's really weird about the story is there's a part of the story where he gets signed to Rockefeller Records, and so he moves to Newark, New Jersey because he couldn't, you know, it was his first deal. He couldn't afford to live in New York, and his mom comes with him. She quits her job as being a college professor at Chicago State to follow her son to his first producing gig. It's, like, really weird. Like, And then she becomes his manager. I mean, there, he has some sort of a weird relationship with mom. He also went with his mom. His mom lived in China for a little bit when he was a kid, and he went, went with his mom. That's right. I remember you telling me that. That's, like, your, your interesting tie to Kanye. Yeah, and then they made it into a movie called The Karate Kid. 
All right, let's finish this track. I think we can. I think we can get this going. I yeah. believe. Do you believe? I believe. I I need to see what's happening with these weird little square bodies in this music video. Didn't he buy his mom tits? No, she died from getting tits, actually. Oh, shit. Um, okay. Kim plans on spending more time in Chicago, but she isn't moving there full time. That's right. They are going to keep both houses. So, I, I mean, I, I think he's doing this as a gesture of like coming back to his roots and wanting to be like. Alright, stop it. Here. Yeah. Oh no, I love how this ends. I'm not stopping it. I want to come, motherfucker. <laughs> it's such a fun soundbite. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lil Pump's a fucking moron. Yeah, they don't get much dumber than Lil Pump. He has somehow more dumber face tattoos than when he started. You're such a fucking dork, McLovin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he's not a good rap. I don't know if this is like Kanye trying to be relevant. He's trying to maybe like get new niche niches of fans, you know, by having SoundCloud people. He's starting to fuck with SoundCloud people more. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's trying to be relevant, uh, he's winning. Yeah, it's coming around. I mean, it always comes up Kanye. Kanye's the guy. He's like Phil Spector. He goes away, but he comes back. You can't keep the man down. Well, you can try to. We, we tried to put a Kanye ban on him. The left, the liberal media, we try to keep him down. Yeah, but you know what? When I talk, to, I mean, I've never, like, whenever somebody tells me that they've written off Kanye, it's always some ditzy white girl in Logan Square being like, I, I'm done with Kanye. I can't, I just can't do it anymore. It's like, with it, you weren't fucking with Kanye for the last three albums, first of all. So don't even act like you were with Kanye. And second of all, uh, good. I'm glad that you're not. You're glad you're done. I'm glad that you're not, like, you and I won't be at concerts together. <laughs> we need, like, another plug song, I feel like, because we we didn't do any of the plugs, and that song is so short. That song is so short, but, you know, don't fret, babe. Yeah? Um, I've I've got a, a Here, plug. Play, do, do, oh no no! I'm I, I gotta monopolize my desire to get some some tracks in here, so I'm, I'm gonna play a, I'm gonna play a plug song while while, while you talk about plug plug. plug. Uh, you know I. Ooh, we're gonna go on a totally different vibe than we usually go. This is this is one of my tracks that didn't make it into today's playlist. You're not telling me on this music at all by doing the fake banjo. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, it definitely makes me not want to enjoy this. Well, can I start plugging our uh, yeah. our podcast? Go ahead, take it away. Hell yeah. Yo, rate, review, iTunes, give us five stars, motherfucker. Um, do you want a Starbucks gift card? I don't even care if you want a Starbucks gift card. Do you want a candy bar? What do you want? Tell me what you want. Whatever you want, uh, that's within a $5 budget. I'll probably give it to you. But just uh, if you like us, if you're enjoying it, if you're digging it, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We are Impress Me With Music. You can follow us on Instagram, too. Look at that. We're on multi-platform podcast. Hey, follow Dave on Twitter at Lake underscore superior. Leave me alone. 
Yeah, uh, please leave my wife alone. Um, be, it, be, it, be it on the internet or on the street. Um, <laughs> yeah, preferably both. Um, so I will be... So I started it. Mary's the silent producer in this. But I have a comedy show, a new show coming to Chicago. It's going to be a monthly show. Um, first, first show is going to be October 4th. Gonna be called the Stugats Comedy Hour. Right now, it's me, Bobby Buds, and Pasta guest uh, Tony Scardino. Professor Pizza. Right now, Dale McPeak is uh, booked as our headliner. Um, we're still putting it together. It's gonna be the first show, so you know if you can't make it, I understand. You're dead to me, but I understand. Yeah, you're dead. It's at Henry's, which is a super awesome cocktail spot. Um, then that Sunday, I'll be headlining uh, Friendly's Tap, uh, which is in Berwyn, Illinois. That's October 7th. Uh, October 8th is Indigenous Peoples Day and Columbus Day at the same time. Thank uh-huh. you, uh, Google, for um, putting both those on there. I appreciate it. I'll be doing Best Night Ever, uh, which uh, I'm not indigenous to that show. So. No, no, Dave is not an indigenous uh, person. But as an Italian, I will be saying racist things for Columbus. Uh-oh. On behalf of Columbus. Oh, on behalf of Columbus. And we'll then, be channeling Columbus. Do you know that every Italian actually is just a little piece of Columbus, like, resurrects inside of them on Columbus Day? Columbus ain't dead. Um, You're thinking of Tupac. Remember that Sopranos episode about Columbus Day? Oh, yeah, with Iron Eyes Cody. That's so stupid. I don't... That might be one of the worst Sopranos episodes. Might be the Columbus Day one. If you care about Columbus Day as an Italian, it honestly is the bellwether of whether or not you're a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you actually care... Because the whole concept of Columbus is a lie. Not just... Whether or not he discovered America, I mean, like, what, what do we mean by discovered? I mean, yes, Leif Erikson was here first. I guess Columbus is the one that kind of sets up the... Yeah, but Columbus farted in the wind and then ended up here. Yeah, Columbus does definitely get that, deserve, I think, the honor of coming here. But I will say that, um, you know, he lied to get money from the sure. Queen. He, he said did. he was Italian. What? <laughs> Just... I love what an Italian tells me about Columbus. Yeah, I don't know. I would never walk walk around on fucking State Street waving an Italian flag on Columbus Day. You're an idiot if you do that. Do people really do that? Yeah, absolutely. It's huge in New York, too. It's way bigger. Ay-yay-yay. What other shows do you have? You've got a lot. Oh, I had one more. Oh, I'm going to be at the Crossroads Comedy Festival in Indianapolis from the 12th to the 14th. Hell yeah. Missing my Saturday class. And then I have Blackout Diaries on October 20th. Nice. That takes us, that's far enough in the future. I think so, but you've got lots of stuff coming up. Uh, check it out. Check out Stugat's Comedy Hour. I'm going to re-vouch for that. Check out Dave uh, waving an Italian flag in downtown Chicago on Columbus Day. He says he's not going to do it, but I promise you he will. And shit, it's, are we about to be doing Today in Music? Yeah, you looked up Today in Music for Thursday, correct? I did. This is a beloved segment. Okay. You know, because I, I handwrite all of this content before each episode. Okay, so take us into today. Music. Ooh, welcome to Thursday, September 27th. Baby, 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 it's today in music. Ba-dum, 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 boosh. Wow. Uh, I've got a backdrop for this. 
Yes, I do. And I'll play it right after I said a little snip snip about it. In 1898, composer and musician Vincent Humans was born. Shout out to Vince. Vince, what's up, dog? In 1933, hot year, hot year. Walt's Time debuted on NBC Radio. It stayed on the network until 1948. You think Walt, Walt's Time was like the, the Midnight at the Apollo of its era? I think so. I'm going to go ahead and say I've never seen an ep of Walt's Time. Oh, you oh it was a radio it thing. It's on Netflix radio. right now. Yeah, Walt's Time. You got to catch up, man. It's great. Oh, boy. Um, in 1943, Pistol, Peck, and Mama and Jingle Bells were recorded by Bing Crosby, the Vic, the Bing. Sh- the Vic Schoen Orchestra, and the Andrews Sisters. The Andrews Sisters? Who the fuck are what the a bunch Andrews of whores. Sisters? I bet you they're real uggos. Yeah, Uh-oh. it's not a hot name. No, not a hot name. In 1962, the New York Times ran the story Bob Dylan, a distinctive folk song stylist, after his concert at Carnegie Hall. Wait, was that when he went electric? What year was that? Uh, 1962. Okay, keep going. In 1964, the Beach Boys appeared on Ed Sullivan show for the first time, and they performed "I Get Around." I get around. I love this song. I hate this. I think it's such a fun little track. I can't believe you hate it. Dylan didn't go electric electric till '65. Yeah, this is terrible. And I like the Beach Boys, but not this this kind of Beach Boys. Well, I this think iteration of them is. You why do you like this? It's just uh, it's just happy, happy, fun, fun. It's like a baby song. I'd play this for my for my infant. This is the song they like that you hear this when you live in another country, and you're like America, very fun. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Maybe that's why I like it, because my parents are immigrants. In 1973, Rolling Stone magazine reported that Carlos Santana had changed his name to Devadip, and now that he was a disciple of Sri Shimoy. Huh, just like Snoop Dogg, that's weird. <laughs> oh, oh boy. And uh, uh, Yasin Bey, uh, one most deaf, and Carlos Santana. So... Guess what, guys? Uh, idiot musicians were changing their names. Way back way in 73. And Carlos Santana is uh, far from an idiot, <laughs> but go on. Oh, shit. Cliff Burton of Metallica was killed when the Metallica tour bus oh, crashed in Sweden. Shit. Burton was 24, so this was 1986. R.I.P. Cliff. He's a, Yeah, that was a big deal because then they've had sort of a revolving door of bass players after that. And a lot of people always were like, Cliff Burton was the best one. Oh, yeah. Shit gets weirder on this day in history as we fast forward into time. In 1995, Time Warner severed its ties with its rap label Interscope rather than release the debut album by The Dog Pound. Oh, The Dog Pound. That's why The Dog Pound never really got big. The Dog Pound is like Snoop Dogg's crew. Can you believe Time Warner just severed its ties? They're like, oh, we we can't release this. We'd rather just... Rather just dissolve this company <laughs> than release the music of Snoop Dogg's childhood friends. Oh boy! In two thousand four, and this one, this one is personal for you, Dave. Go on. Record producer Phil Spector Ooh, was hero. charged with murder in the shooting death of Lana Clarkson at his mansion in two thousand three. Free my dude, Phil Spector. Uh, Dave is a big, big Spector head. Yeah, I'm a big Spector head. Um, maybe, I, maybe like clue us into why you're such a big fan of such a bad, bad man. Yeah, I mean, Phil Spector changed. There's really three people that I think 
truly changed music, like music producers that truly changed music. Okay, Phil Spector is one of them. Okay, the other two are Rick Rubin and Dr. Dre. Okay, uh, other than the, those other three people, everyone else is just sort of trying to be them, right? Phil Spector created the wall of sound. He's an inspiration. He was born a poor kid in the Bronx. His dad committed suicide, okay? And he picked up a guitar, and he fucking figured out how to write songs, but he knew he was never going to become a musician. And so he tricked women into singing his songs for it. No, I'm kidding. Um, he's, well, and then he's a two, pioneer. Okay, he is a pioneer big pioneer uh one of the jews that helped make christmas possible oh yeah yeah, yeah. You and christmas also song. uh killed his girlfriend in 2003 yeah and, and they I, they had to try him three times there was there were like um we should really watch that phil specter movie actually that's what we should do tonight oh With, looks um, like looks like dave and i are gonna be cozying in on this on this uh beautiful saturday evening Watching a Phil Spector no, do you, film. Do, do you know, do you, okay. <laughs> Why do you always talk in like LA radio voice when you're doing Today in Music? I don't know. I kind of like doing it though. Hey, you're listening to The Drive. Hold on, like play. Santa Monica Local. Let's see if we can find a Phil Spector pay- playlist here. Um, but I was going to say, um, there's a movie. There was someone, someone has a thing called Phil Spector Daydream is an entire playlist. That must be something. Where the Wait, that's a playlist? Mm-hmm. It says artist. Well, no, it says. Oh, I guess Phil Spector Daydream is a song by. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Listen to this shit. Like he created this shit, right? How many times did he have to pistol whip them to get it just right, though? (laughs) He also, yeah, he pioneered like punk. I mean, he's Rick Rubin is really just. A Phil Spector that a with n- less a nicer, ideas. A nicer Phil Spector. Yeah, I maybe maybe Phil Spector should have done shrooms and lived in a van. That would have changed him. Probably, maybe would have chilled him out. Oh, I like this one. The Ronettes. He was married to one of the Ronettes. Well, I'm glad that he didn't hurt her. Or I don't. I'm know sure he, he hurt her. What no. are you talking about? Okay, never mind. And Dr. Dre also uh, assault used to assault women on the reg. So Rick Rubin, for all like, is of the three people I mentioned, Rick Rubin is the only one with a clean soul. Oh man, I do love Rick Rubin. Um, speaking of today's music, I'm gonna wrap it up, wrap it on up with uh, 2012 when Rihanna's single "Diamonds" was released. You had a little bit of Rihanna chit chat you wanted to get to. Yeah, um, I know that we're 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 dipping out of order, but I just saw that Rihanna's on the on the. Uh, Here, keep going with today music, and on I'm gonna look up music docket. I'm gonna look up the Rihanna story while you. All do. right, we're gonna go back in time one because there's a pretty interesting one I skipped here. Sometimes I, I skip them, you know. Okay. You don't need to know it all, but in 2000. Do you not hear how loud you're being in the headphones? Oh no, I do not. Okay, keep going. You could just poke me. We don't have to let the whole uh, country know that's listening to but this. It, all, all seven people million like people it when tuning we, when in. We fight. Do they? Uh, hey, every time you uh, drop your vape, it makes a big boom boom sound. That's what Rihanna sounds like. Like a Phil Spector beat. 
Ooh, another uh, in 1972. Can't believe I missed this. Maybe it's because I don't care about this band called the Hurricanes. Rory Storm committed suicide in what appeared to be a suicide pact with his mother. The Hurricanes were the group that Ringo Starr left in order to join the Beatles. Jesus what fucking the Christ. Fuck, you sat on that? <laughs> I sat you on You sat. Play a Hurricane song. Okay. Okay, so somebody in a band called the Hurricanes. Oh, my God. Who, I, well, I mean, I, I just I don't read good. So this guy was in a band with Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr leaves the band to join the most successful band of all time. And then this guy gets into a suicide pact with his mom. Hey, this is not bad. They only have 4,000 listeners. No, no, no. These are the OC Hurricanes. Oh, turn this garbage off. Hey, this is not bad. Anybody who proudly puts the Orange County in their name is a piece of shit. Like, for example, the OC Supertones, a ska, a Christian ska band. Oh, let me tell you the Rihanna story. Here, I think I picked out a Rihanna song. Go back to the playlist. Yeah, what is this sound? It's like not coming from my mic. My mic is off right now. Yeah, I feel like it's coming from my headphones. What if I just take them off and put them down? Well, then you definitely wouldn't hear how loud you're being. But anyways, um, okay, so this is some interesting news for, for my girl, Rihanna. She has been appointed the ambassador. We're going to play this Rihanna track. Are you ready? To Barbados. Is she from Barbados? Yeah, she was born there, lived there for most of her childhood until Jay-Z scooped her up and discovered her like a triple-A baseball team. Well, he, he was just on, uh, he was on vacation. He's like, you sing for me, girl. Yeah, basically. Yeah, she was bringing him a, 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 a mojito. Uh, he was sitting on a lounge chair. Um, uh, well, let's see, what al- What's? I know this album cover, but I'm trying to figure out what this album is called. You know what I don't like about Rihanna is that she has no style. She has no thing where you're like, now that's a Rihanna song. But she does this kind of shit. She's made Umbrella, which is like a completely different song. It's like a, Umbrella is like a song for like that you play at like your friend's birthday. To let a, or like, like a bachelorette party. Bachelorette a, party, bar bat mitzvah. This is how good of a friend we are, us two girls. You know what I mean? I, and, and then she has like uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, which is legitimately an, an awesome song. I do really love this album, though, Anti. Needed Me is Rihanna, right? Yeah, Needed Me is That's Rihanna. another fucking and great that's, song. And that's also off this album, uh, which is just what the f- super strong what, and strong. What the fuck? This sounds like, um, this sounds like some shit that like, uh, like, do you know what I mean? Like a fucking pop punk fan. This is a pop punk band serious ballad. That's what this sounds like. Yeah, definitely. This kind of doesn't match everything else on the album. I don't even know if I've if I've I think this is a track I typically would skip over. Yeah, but it's just so weird. It's like, alright, Harry Belafonte, like what is this? I don't know, you tell me. You picked this one, so I I'm kind of fascinating I just didn't want to go with like one of the big ones one of her big signs I mean I'm swaying back and forth this is kind of a swear swear remember sway that that was sway the name of that he's still around sway Sway in the morning he has a radio show now oh yeah but he's bald now which is unfortunate oh man 
But it's Way's radio show is gonna impress me with music. Hell no. Which is why, Sway, you should give us five likes. Yes, Sway. If you want to review us on iTunes, Sway, I know you're listening. We, we, for real talk, like, uh, we've made some calls on this show. Like, I heard Valet at, like, a hip nightclub last night. I heard them play Valet, and we lit, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying we're tastemakers, but I feel like if you listen to this show, you're, like, five steps ahead of all your friends in terms of music. More like nibble makers, not a whole taste. I don't think we're actually having any effect. It's just we, we're paying attention. Yeah. And we're not fucking dumb idiots. Yeah, and we got love on the brain. Actually, we might be dumb idiots. We might be dumb idiots. <laughs> um, we, well, I mean, can we be dumber than the person who made Rihanna the ambassador to Barbados? That shows you how little we care about Barbados. Yeah. You know, all, all her expertise is really going to help get people fed and educated and ready to meet the, you yeah. know, expectations of the new world we live in. Bar- Barbados, a place she left literally the moment she could. Yeah. Now she, she gets to go back and be the ambassador. Barbados, more like... Fart AIDS, yo. Oh, no. Well, I mean, you put me in a position... Well, I think I was gonna fill in the blank. You just you didn't even give me a breath. You All know? right, let's do a redo. Barbados. More like fartnados. <laughs> Barbados. More like. Part way ghost. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, actually that would not if 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 I was trying to like write a filler middle line for Eminem and Kamikaze, uh, that would be. Barbados partway ghost. I mean, that's like a good. That's like Barbados a... never impacted by tornadoes, only hurricane Aos. Ao ao a a. Someone's gonna need an umbrella for <laughs> this. Hurrah, kind kind. <laughs> I'm so good at rapping, Dave. Oh yeah. Um, Is that why you married me? Because I'm so good at rap. So did the weird sound go now that my headphones are off? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, why don't you cue up another one of your songs? I want to tell. I want to talk about a, a thing that I just recently learned about Tupac Shacker. Oh man, you're cue, talking. Cue up another one of my my tracks. Explain that, that song. Cue it up. I'm gonna grab something to drink. Keep going. Um. Okay. So right now I'm gonna play a track that didn't make it to the final playlist, but that I'm super digging on right now. And um, it's got a bunch of ASAPs in it. ASAP Mob, ASAP some other shit. And it's called Raph. And you're going to freaking love it. Oh, we never addressed the um, Machine Gun Kelly response. That's because we're rapping right now. I said that this track just has a lot of ASAPs on it. ASAP Mob, ASAP Rocky. It's like an agenda. Playboy Cardi. I mean, they, they never like disappoint. You know what I mean? 
I know, this, this is so fun. I love this track. This is a great mixtape fodder. It, it doesn't stand out, but it's like, it's good. It's always good. <laughs> the beat's just perfect. ASAP Mom has never put out anything that I've ever heard that was, that, you know, like, to at least this level of quality, you know? Why do you think? Because they're so stylish? I think, yeah, because they're obsessed with style and aesthetics. I think they are the first sort of fashion-forward rap crew. And I think that um, Odd Future tried to be that, but I feel like only like a few of them were on board. Yeah, but then Tyler, the creator, just like, all he did was hang out outside the Odd Future store on Fairfax and like talk on his phone loudly. Just call people fags. That's like his favorite thing to do. Like go on his Twitter and nine out of ten tweets is him calling someone a fag. It's just like... Okay, cool, man. I mean, like, I guess you, that's, I'm not like, I'm not like going to pass judgment on whether or not you should say that word. I'm not going to be one of those idiots, but. I'm going to go ahead and say, maybe don't say it. I'm going to say that when you are a rapper, you can rap it, but then like his Twitter is like him basically like just calling people fags. Earnestly calling them fags. Oh, you know what? Two, two people just got into a, a beef on Twitter. Um, Joyner Lucas and uh, Hopson. Do you know who Hopson is? Nah. He's, he's, he's annoying. He's, he's a fine rapper, but... Is he anything like Fishnark? <laughs> no, you know what? He's worse than Fishnark. I'll just go ahead and say it. He's a proficient rapper, but if people who are the fans of him are like, yeah, Hopson. Like, Hopson's always beefing with people that are way bigger than him. It's like he's only known for, like, beefing with people. Like, he beats with Eminem, you know? I don't know. All right, so Tupac Shakur. So there's a Tupac Shakur story that never gets discussed, which I was just sort of reminded of, which is that Tupac Shakur was charged with the murder of a six-year-old kid. What the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Let's turn Raph down and fill me in because I am horrified by this knowledge. On August 22nd, 1922, in Marin City, which is where Tupac lived, uh, which he mostly grew up, which is uh, not Wait, in, in what year? 1992. Okay. So, five years before he dies, he's not he's not really famous yet. He's, he's, he's kind of getting there. He, he, he just went out on his own. Um, he was performing at an outdoor festival you know, in his hometown. He stayed for an hour afterwards signing autographs and pictures. So that's how not big he was at the time. A confrontation occurred and Shakur drew a legally registered Colt Mustang and then allegedly he dropped it. As it was picked up by the, a member of his entourage, a bullet was discharged. About 100 yards, a.k.a. 90 meters away, Quahid Walker Teal, a six-year-old boy, was pedaling his bicycle at a school playground nearby when a bullet struck him in the forehead and killed him instantly. Although the police matched the bullet to a 38 caliber pistol registered to Shakur, and although his stepbrother, Maurice Harding, was initially arrested on suspicion of firing the weapon, no charges in the end. Like, in the end, they never formally filed charges. Marine County prosecutors have said they were stymied by a lack of witnesses, which it's like he was at a public event. People are waiting in line to sign autographs. How were there no witnesses? Um, 
The defense attorney acknowledged that the bullet that killed Quahid was traced to the gun register to Shakur. Charges were dropped when Shakur agreed to pay uh, a settlement, which no one knows the truth. Uh, it was three hundred to five hundred thousand. So it's like, were the charges filed? Were they not filed? We don't know. So this is a thing that I think is kind of an interesting irony of life because Tupac Shakur took, you know, quote, sort of a Chris Rock bit. Tupac Shakur was killed on the Las Vegas Strip in front of, you know, hundreds or thousands of people, and yet no witnesses came forward. And uh, you, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I mean, what do you think? Do you think? I mean, a lot of people that are really into this shit believe that Tupac killed this kid on accident. Tupac shot the gun. He's being a young idiot because anybody that really truly knows the story of Tupac knows that he was a pretend gangster and that he liked to show off. I mean, I totally can see um, like this being something like the guy really did, like that Tupac dropped the gun and then it went off. Maybe. I don't um, think Tupac intended to kill a six-year-old boy you I don't know, think Tupac in- away. intended to kill a six-year-old boy. I think it's just a lack of knowing how to use the weapon. And I don't think he actually necessarily... It sounds like if he was literally just like signing autographs and shit and there was no other ever-present danger, which, I mean, I guess since no witnesses came forward, there's really like no knowing what actually happened that day. But to me, I can see this was just a total fucking moron move. It doesn't forgive it, though. Well, there's a lot of things that incidences that Tupac had where there was a confrontation on the set of a movie or a confrontation at this other place, and Tupac acted like a buffoon, like an idiot. I mean, you know, I mean, you got to understand too that he was 22 years old when this happened, and also he's making it in the world of gangster rap music, and he is going from a poetry kid turned background dancer, and now he's got to act like a gangster. Do you know what I mean? A cop, and it's like we it's kind of the same thing with like George Zimmerman, right? Like he's a guy that should not have had a gun. He does not understand the the you know what to do and so he got scared cuz he's not like you know what I mean? Like he's not real to that life. I don't know. I get I get the comparison you're making, but I don't know. I I'm not going to put George Zimmerman and Tupac. They both killed young the, black kids. In, in the same plane. Well, there's some differences there. There are definitely some differences, but I'm just saying, I think probably what happened is Tupac or his brother um, pulled the gun out because of the confrontation they were in. And I think that they were just being stupid and one of them shot the gun off because they they ain't about that life. Do you know what I mean? And they shot the gun off and the unintended consequences that a six-year-old, it hit a six-year-old kid. Sure. They may have shot it off just to make a big loud bang sound and then not, not realize that in the path of the bullet was another human being. And the, the idea that there would be no witnesses. I mean, like, I mean, that's because they're fans of Tupac. I mean, what other reason would it be? Do you know what I mean? Why? Yeah, how could fuck the po- you if you're that big of a fan? Yeah, obviously. It is a weird story to hear about Tupac. I mean, he just is becoming a worse and worse person the more I dig into him. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've not made me like a Pac fan. Yeah. Yeah, I've become less of a Pac fan. I mean, even though I defended him and won, he's a terrible person. The more I learn about him, the worse of a person he is. Um, okay, so there was another thing I wanted to, 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 to start. Play this Laura uh, Diego song. Are we going to watch the vid? 
Oh, yeah, you have the video? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to watch a video. All right, cue up this video. So I just created this dope Ooh, website. but actually, this dude created this dope website. Thank you for not letting the commercials before we start I'm learning. We're learning. You Say by Lauren Daigle. You know Daigle's the last name of the uh, abusive boss I had at that screen printing shop I worked at in L.A.? What kind of name is Daigle? I don't know. Here, turn it up a little bit. Let's get a let's get a true clip of this. I said the Daigles I knew were. Every single lie that tells me I will never She's at some sort of mansion or a pool. I don't know. Good camera work though. Alright, so let me read the thing. A Christian singer is bigger than Drake and Ariana Grande this week. And it's like, okay, look, her ex-boyfriend just died. Like, leave Ariana Grande alone. She just postponed her wedding. Paul McCartney uh, easily took the top spot on the Billboard 200 this week when his new album, uh, Egypt Station, blew past 153,000. Blah, 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 blah. But just under those two, so that's uh, Paul McCartney and Eminem. And well ahead of Drake, Ariana Grande, Mac Miller, again, he's dead, Post Malone, Travis Scott, and Nicki Minaj is a somewhat unexpected record called Look Up Child by a 27-year-old Christian singer, Lauren Diego, selling 1,115,000 units, 103,000 of which are traditional album sales, like people literally buying the album, not downloads. Granted, the aforementioned musician's records are a few weeks old while Daigle's is brand new. The Might of Look Up Child release rivals that of other top artists in the past. Arcade Fire, for instance, sold 100,000 copies in the first week of Everything Now last year, which caused it to get the number one spot. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what a bunch of Christian moms were like, finally, something I can gift my children. Is this what happened? What happened? Um... Well, she's really good at merchandising and marketing, apparently, um, and getting people to buy her literal album. Um, she said, quote, I'm inspired to see music continue to cross-pollinate through genres. I'm incredibly grateful for how well people have connected with this album. Um, the album's success highlights something broader, however, the deep persistence of Christian music in the U.S. audience. An aspect of music consumption that has been largely skipped <laughs> over by headlines proclaiming rap as the sole driver of modern music in America. While rap and R&B have indeed risen to become the leading genre of music, Christian music remains a sizable minority. So it's kind of like everyone that sort of like knew Trump was going to win the election. Um, but like those of us that like live in cities, we're insulated, right? Like all these music critics, they live here. They don't consider Christian music a legitimate form of music, so they ignore it. And then we get blindsided when a Christian musician is ultra successful. I love how Christian her, even like the awards she's gotten are. Like uh, in 2015, Daigle was awarded the new new artist of the year title at the 2015 GMA Dove Awards. Oh, she got a dove. Um, a Apparently, she's being called the Adele of the Christian music scene. Turn this up. Like, is this Christian-y? I'm not hearing any... I think part of it is that it's not too in-your-face. Like, Creed? 
I guess so, but I mean, the, this album is called, is off of an album, the album is called Look Up Child, which is, that's a pretty Christian title of an album. I, was I, saying, believe, I believe, yeah. I believe, yeah. I don't know, what do you think of Christian, would you ever listen to Christian music? No. Do you remember the, like, um, the penultimate episode of Six Feet Under when um, the redheaded daughter is dating that dude that she doesn't didn't think she would fall for and he's listening to Christian music and she goes, is this Christian music? And he goes, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. I just play whatever I like. That's the only uh, like pretense I could have for, like I think, liking music of any sort of religious... Str- you know what I mean? Even like Modest Yahoo, it's like I just liked the music. Oh, fair. I, I, I like I like Modest Yahoo too. I mean, this this just kind of sounds like an Adele knockoff. It sounds like an Adele knockoff, and it everything about it tastes, smells, feels like a weird Christian mar like a weird marketing scam. I'm on her website, and it's just like too good. You know what? It's not even Adele. It's Adele. It's 21 Adele. You know what I mean? Adele has progressed as an artist beyond this. They're just sort of lagging behind by five years and acting like this is groundbreaking. It's kind of like Canadian music. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like lagging and everyone's like, have you heard Animal Collective? It's like, yeah, bitch, I heard fucking all of the shit that influences years ago and now... Which is why, like, Arcade Fire, you know, they're not really a Canadian band. Two of the two brothers are from Houston, and the dude's wife, that's also in the band, is from, like, the Dominican Republic or something like that. Yeah, I mean, she's got, like, bundles, like, you could bundle shit. Like, who else sells bundles but, like, phone companies and multi-level marketing scams? Well, Christians are very easy to market to. I mean, what the... Oh, you know what? I was just talking with one of my coworkers. Do you remember that movie... It came out like two years ago and it was about a professor that keeps denying the existence of God and it was like a super huge success like commercially. It was called God's Not Dead. Look, look that up. God's Not Dead. And basically, two Jews wrote this movie to just market it towards Christians and it fucking worked. They made like over $100 million. Oh my God, there's a God's Not Dead too. Look at the names of the people who wrote it. Read, read to me the names of the authors of this movie. And tell me that there's not a conspiracy. Produce, uh, the, do you want the producers? Sure. Um, Russell Wolf, Michael Scott, Anna Zelinsky. Okay. Well, those names are questionable. We don't know. Who are the writers of the movie, though? Um, I got I to gotta figure it out. Well, you know. Oh, but I do have more to say about this Lauren Daigle All right. Give me more about character. Lauren Daigle. So my shtick with it is I feel like there are a lot of people, especially in the time that we're in, like you were saying, no one, we didn't, us, us city folk didn't think Trump would win and then boom, he won. There's kind of a reclamation of God in America and like loving, loving your faith and your Christianity. And she's sort of like, I mean, it's the thing I said, this, this is like an album that everyone's like religious mom is gonna buy for like their daughter or like their kid it's like look she's like Adele but godly who's that oh man who's that a Christian musician that's married to like um Tim something Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon are the writers of the screenplay moving on um who is that yeah who is that Christian singer that's married to a country singer um I just okay. Here's the thing. 
Um, w- the way I feel about Christian music is um, that they basically, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel for them, right? Like if you can get something to, to land, you know, like um, you, you really sort of corner that market and you always have them. And even if you cross over into mainstream, you still get to keep that, do you know what I mean? Like you still get to keep Amy Grant and Randy Travis is who I was thinking of. Yeah. Are you playing the South Park thing? So I was just going to say probably one of my favorite South Park episodes of all time is when Cartman uh, starts a band called Faith Plus One. Yeah, I know exactly what that. I was I was thinking about that too, right? But it's it's smart, right? You just sort of corner. Yeah, okay. So this Don't is ever because they knew that they could never make it in the mainstream right i I mean list lauren dago has no shot against like you can't put her up next to an adele like an actual adele yeah Yeah. no of course not and that's why too when rappers used to accept grammys the stereotype is they'd always go i want to thank jesus and it's like oh did you think you're gonna like lose that part of the population because all you talk about is Fucking hoes and selling crack and killing people. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty stark. The two music videos we've watched today. You're such a fucking hoe. I love it. Jesus, Jesus. All right. I mean, would you rather listen to this or that Lauren Daigle track? Let's give this one a little a real listen. Faithless All right, yeah. I have one more story after this. I'll look it up while this is playing. Turn it up. This is a compilation. Alright, so Spotify is up to some weird shit. First of all, Spotify now is allowing anyone to upload anything to Spotify, like YouTube. Oh, shit. Um, Are we going to be available on Spotify soon? I've been meaning to put us on Spotify for a long time. Um, I think I'm going to stop the Faith Plus One compilation. That's fine. If you don't mind. Okay, so listen to this. Spotify and Ancestry can use your real DNA to tell your, quote, musical DNA. Um, this was a question in Ancestry, the world's largest for-profit genealogy company, recently asked its users. <laughs> Their in-home salvia test can give you an idea. Saliva, slide. definitely not an in-home salvia test. Their in-home salvia All test. Right. <laughs> when was the last time you did salvia, by the way? Um, 2007, so 10 <laughs> years. It's been 10 years. All right. I did salvia and my ear got all like I felt like my ear was wet. Huh. I was 20 years old. Um, and then at 21, I could like buy alcohol. So I, you didn't need to do that anymore. Um, the in-home saliva test gives you an idea where you come from, but how can you translate that newfound knowledge into something more tangible? Music might be the answer. Well, it, I'm sorry, your history is not tan- is not enough for you? Well, look, people want to... Look, we're getting into this era where, you know, you got to splice up your... your, your you know, you're like identity politics. And like, if you're white, if you're like an average white person, you know, you got a lot. There's a lot of question marks. You don't know where you fall. Okay. And you want to be woke. So what you do is you go to ancestry.com 
and uh, you see where they're collaborating with Spotify. And this determines your musical DNA based on your ancestry DNA. It's so much more than stats and data. And the record says Vincent Mehra, VP. It's a marketing move. Of course it is. So it's so much more than stats and data. It's another way to collect more data and market to you better. And, and, and that's the truth of it, right? I mean, like, you know, we act like we read all these dystopian books in high school and we're like, oh, we'll never become so like such a, you know, unique, you know, like just such a ubiquitous culture that's all into one thing and all does the same thing. It's like, no, we will. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out how to find exactly what you want. Like, just like how I would never have considered like going on a cruise. But an ad came up for me on like Facebook the other day and it was like, um, it was like a bougie cruise. It was like a cruise. Like they have these cruises now. They're like stand-up comedy cruises or heavy metal cruises. And then they are serving like fucking like vegan food and oh, that yeah, shit. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they now they know how to play the game. And we didn't understand it because we weren't old enough to understand it yet. Do you know what I mean? Like they they just know how to play to you. And now the now Spotify and Ancestry.com, relatively new companies. Now they're figuring out how to do it. Well, it's just easier to pander than ever before. Exactly. And the fact that that if Ancestry in any way, shape, or form, like, truly, like, as someone who's, like, a fan of stats and, like, you know, um, like, regression and shit like that, like, if they actually are able to prove that your Ancestry informs your musical opinion, I gotta tell you, I mean, the concept of free will and individualism. There's, there one, there, there's... Definitely. There's definitely no way that they're going to be able to prove that. Um, I believe in the data. I believe the data is good. Just like, remember that Chicago thing? The likelihood of being shot. Do you remember that? hmm. That was so cool when they did that. The Tribune or whoever did that. They they put in all your demographic information and they gave you a number and it was your likelihood of getting shot in Chicago. And and that's very cool, but I think that's still much different and more concrete than like the musical taste piece. Um, I also think that like you can maybe find all kinds of correlations, but nothing is going to be definitive. And, And even that algorithm, it's, it can, I mean, it calculates probabilities, not definitives. I played in the algo rhythm section of my high school band. All right. We have some, we're doing a long app because we didn't do an episode last week, so it's okay. We're, Are we already, going long? we're already at fifty-three minutes, so fuck it. Well, we're gonna kind of breeze through the tracks we want to play. Yeah, I think we we covered all, all the news stories. Anything stand out about any of those to you? Um, oh man, I just fucking Christians, Christian rock. I mean, I really think that's a shocker to me. That goes that goes hand in hand and kind of confirms this idea that I don't have any fucking clue what the actual pulse of America is as a whole, because I continue to live in this uh, bubble that is, you know, city of Chicago, urban life. See, these bubbles are making everyone hacky. Okay. That's what I believe. Right. You know, like now how every city has its own comedy scene. And then you go to like that city's comedy scene and you're like, yeah, this city, you know, you've heard that this city has a good comedy scene. And you get there and you go, oh, um, this guy is like just the like um, Richard Lewis, Mark Maron character of Minneapolis. And this guy, 
he's the one-liner guy. And this, and it's like, you know what? This Bubbles allow you to be hacky. And that's how I feel about Lauren Daigle or whatever the fuck her name is. Lauren Daigle. It's like, you know what? You're just doing Adele, but you're doing Adele in Minneapolis. Do you know what I mean? It's just Adele in Minneapolis. And, and that's why I don't... Everyone like these Denver comics. Like, you know, some of them are really good. Some of them are legitimately good. But a lot of them would never fucking make it if they lived in, like, New York or L.A. They'd never fucking make it on television. Yeah, and people get that, and so you move to a bubble or you move to a zone now that complements your whatnot, your your persona or your style or whatever it is, your lifestyle. And I think so we kind of all live in silos. Like, who are the two guys that I did that like corporate show with at that real estate agency? It was David Rodriguez, and then what was the other guy's name? Um, the headliner. Yeah. Um. He's on that. Sh- he's on that sub teacher substitute teacher show. He's one of the gr- grim licks or whatever. They were both fantastic comedians, but the show that I did before it. There was a couple of, you know, like, it was like, it was just like when I was in fucking, like, rural Wisconsin, and you, like, you know, like, somebody who's been doing comedy for, like, a year is the host. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there were, there were some, a couple people on that lineup where I had a visceral reaction to how bad they were and and wanted to publicly shame them in the moment, but held back. Sure, and you you you've not always held back. I remember. I've not always held back. If I if I if I've had if I've had a few drinks in me, um, I'll I'll let you know that you're no good. What? So, whoever's listening, uh, when Mary Mary before Mary and I were dating, I'm a heckler. I used to run a a show with uh, Tim McLaughlin and uh, Joe McMahon and uh, Dave Agnetti. And uh, we, it was like a, it was a called Crowdworks. And it was like, with somebody in the audience would draw a raffle ticket and they'd come up and they'd sit on stage and then Tim and Joe would interview them while I played sound effects. And uh, basically, uh, one of them was not, it was boring. And Mary just stood up and just went, next! Yeah, but it, yeah, I did. I did stand up and say next. I also and then I dated you after that. Then you I was did. like, you know what? I like this girl. You did. I also got banned from uh, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank after getting into Burbank. a argument with a comedian that was on stage. Yeah, can't tell you what it was about, but it was, she was. Was so, it about how you have no class? Uh, I called her a moron or something. You know what? Here's the thing. I muttered it under my breath, and then she looked at me, and then she started arguing with me. It was kind of a reverse heckle. Yeah. And then uh, I just kept talking. Do you remember, who was that Republican dude that ran for, like, president, or he was in the Republican primary, he said that Rage Against the Machine was his favorite musician, and then Rage Against the Machine. Did he go, yeah. Was it that guy? No, that was Howard Dean. Howard Dean, a Democrat. And Rage Against the Machine was like, "Uh, we don't uh, support. Dude, it might have been that dude in... uh, Paul Ryan. I think it might have been Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was like my favorite musician is Rage Against the Machine. Fuck and then, Paul Ryan. But then they were like they were like, Don't be our fan. And that must be the shittiest feeling in the world to be like, Oh man, like I'm famous enough now that I can talk to my heroes and tell them that I love them and maybe it'll mean something. And then their response is Fuck you, we don't want you as a hero. Yeah, fan. we wish we weren't your hero. That sucks. <clears throat> I feel bad for Paul Ryan. <clears throat> I don't. 
All right, so we've got two songs. We do have two songs apiece. Um, and then I, I like snuck some tracks in today anyway, but I'm gonna go first just because why the fuck not? Because uh, th- you go first every time, so why not? Yeah, I poop first, I pee first, I fart first. All right. I don't even know what any of that means, but why don't you <laughs> just play that song? <laughs> I know that we've broken copyright law, but this just kind of kicked in, so I want to let it play for a little. This is Loner by Sylvan LeCue, featuring Lindsay Jai. And Sylvan is a uh, Miami, is a rapper out of Miami, but this is, um, I thought this was really interesting. What are your first, first thoughts? Um... Feels like it's about to be too epic, like a like a sting song, you know. It's like too epic. Sylvan Lequeux, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Formerly known as Quest. Like I'm waiting for this song to start still. Like fucking Phil Collins or something. All right, here we go. All right, now I'm digging it. You know what, though? I really appreciated the weird kind of Phil Collins opener. It's kind of like almost like an indie rock like feel sample. I love it. Yeah, it's like a broken social scene. Song. I know, I like it. It's two minutes for it to like really kick in though. He had something with Kanye. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I mean, I guess he's been kind of like an underground guy for a while. He's had like a following for a minute. Yeah. See, he's kind of Christian. So she signed a good wife. There's so much shit about Kanye in here. He calls his lyrics unapologetic and true to his narrative. All right, you fucking handjob. Yeah, he's a little bit of a hand job. Um, Pause this next track. Had I gotten my, any monetary success early on, I would wouldn't have known what to do with it, and I would have sabotaged myself as an artist. I'm grateful that God really allowed me to fail the amount of times I failed, so I could learn. I like that. Um, he he's been compared to Kendrick Lamar. He's been compared to Prince. He's been compared to Drake. 
That's what I keep reading. Like, he's a storytelling artist. He's he's doing some shit a little bit different. I thought that this was kind of like a little bit of a departure from the hip hop we've been listening to. So I thought that um, I, I this is like my first time sharing this track with you. So yeah, I don't know. It's good. I would I would, I would keep listening to him. All right, I All love right. you. Well, I'm gonna go in the opposite direction. I love you too. I'm gonna play something classic. From me, fish, and chin, deep as an each seven show, woven with rugas, flash vines, bella fonte, digger. Let's keep up with this bird as we confiscate your figures. Yes, and it was round the fatigue. Luchini, aka This Is It by Camp Low. Yeah, so this came out at a Japanese restaurant we were at last night. And our buddy Max um, was really enjoying Buddy is almost an overrated word. Buddy, hey, buddy. Buddy, I'm making such a deal. Hey, buddy. Um, yeah, Camp Low, man. Everyone really loves this album, Uptown Saturday Night. I mean, this was a huge album when it came out in, uh, fuck, what year was this? Uh, 97? So Tupac and Biggie were both dead. And people were like, well, let's take it down a notch. The rappers are called Sunny Chiba and Gichi Suede. Sunny Chiba is the name of a fucking um, Japanese uh, film star. He's, a, he's, a, he's like a, whatchamacallit, like a kung fu movie star, but Japanese. Sunny Chiba. He's in the bodyguard, Kurosawa. We were talking about Kurosawa last night. Sunny Chiba is in bodyguard? I think, yeah, he's the, he's, I think he's the main character. Um, what do you think of this? It's fun. This is, I mean, in that, like, De La Soul camp, like, chillin'. It's like that, like, late 90s chillin' hip-hop. Yeah, everyone did take kind of a chill pill after... <laughs> All of the, like, cool people from the 90s died in, like, 97-ish. Like, uh, Bradley Knoll from Sublime and Tupac, Biggie. Sony Chiba is Shinichi Chiba. He goes by Sunny because of his sunny disposition. He was, I don't think he was in Kurosawa's. Um, oh, no, no, sorry, Bodyguard was not Kurosawa. Bodyguard. He was in Street Fighter, though. Sunny Chibo's original Street Fighter guy. And so last night we're at this Japanese restaurant, and uh, our buddy Tony left his wallet in the bathroom. And uh, someone stole it, and I spot spotted the guy that stole it within like five minutes of Tony having lost it. That was it. pretty impressive. That's how crime and no crime and no crime and yeah. But the guy still stole his credit card, so he just can't cancel it. But yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, can't blow. Can't blow. All right, you can stop this. Um, I've got my last track of the night. Oh no, I can't believe the night's almost over. Um, we're going to bed after this. No, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're going to watch this Phil, the Phil Spector movie. We'll watch you it can in hear bed. me falling asleep as I'm. We watch it in bed. Uh, no, 
<laughs> you want us to stay up? Come on, it's Saturday night. It's Uptown Saturday are you, night. Are you going to glue my eyelids open? Yes. All right, well, this is my last track of the night. I'm, I'm pretty into it. It's pretty tight. Tight. Okay, so this is We Don't Love Them remix. And the artists on this are uh, Hoodrich, Pablo Juan, Gucci Mane, and 1017 Eskimo. The crazy thing is that Hoodrich, Pablo Juan, one of the genres listed under him is alternative Christian. That doesn't seem There's too much. This is a sign from God. You know, I, one time I was on a mega bus and I sit next to a guy and he, he told me he was a rapper. He made me like his YouTube page, and then he showed me, uh, when, when I liked it, I saw what his name was, Money King Juan. This is a guy riding the mega bus. He's Money King. Also, Money King. Also, black dude named Juan. He did not uh, explain that at all. Well, this guy is a black dude named Juan. I know. Is it the same guy? It's possible. What's this guy's name? Hoodrich Pablo Juan. This guy, yeah, this guy tried to sell me weed on a mega bus. <laughs> I mean, what do you think of this Gucci Mane's on it? I hate this beat. I'll just be honest with you. I think the Euro trash inside me kind of digs it. You didn't have to stop playing it just because I said I hated it. Um. Well, I thought too, it was an, a nice gesture. Hood Rich Pablo Juan does not love getting jumped. Okay, so he gets jumped all the time. Uh, as did Famous Dax, Takeshi69. People like to jump these new rappers, these internet rappers, because they don't have like the money for like bodyguards and shit so they just get their shit taken all the time and that's what happened to xx tentacion you know he he, he got shot just because he was just coming out of a motorcycle store do you know what i mean yeah maybe you just don't need to be flexing your money though like that it's well it's it, it, it's a double-edged sword right you know you have this money okay and you're young and you believe that it's gonna last forever i mean i don't know if you ever saw the documentary broke but it, it, it's kind of about all these athletes end up going broke because they think they're always going to make the money that they make and then on top of that you added the fact that they actually aren't making that much money but they have to act like they are so they can't afford things that they actually need like bodyguards because they need to buy lamborghinis and face tattoos and shit like that you know they don't need to buy lamborghinis and face tattoos no they do in order to stay relevant that's whack it's absolutely wag. All right, I'm going to play my last song. All right, let's do it. And then we'll do our... Bring up the plugs, baby. Me and Sophie danced to the song this morning. Yeah, she's cool.
Sophie's a really good dancer. I mean, she doesn't know how to walk, but she can cut a rug. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you got your phone in your hand. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a five-star review? Give us a five-star review, you big ding-ding-dong. I don't. I'm not giving you a Starbucks gift card anymore. Yeah, you big poo-poo banana brain. If you don't, give, a, give us a five-star review. I, I don't know if you know this. I have your um, IP address. I, that's what it's called. Thank you. I'm gonna find you. First of all, and fart who on you. The fuck in Ireland keeps downloading this podcast. Please don't stop. I mean, please don't stop. You know, like, tell hey, why are you being an aggressor? Give us a five star review, you Irish piece of shit. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Don't worry about that. I'm kidding. I I love the Irish. They make great folk music. Um, check out this Spotify playlist. I'm a Celtic crown. I'm a Celtic crown. That's Irish folk music, right? Yep. This is uh, Earth Gang featuring Mick Jenkins, by the way. House. House. This is a type beat. This is way better than that shit you just played. All right, you're right. Um, oh, we're on the Women in Podcasting Festival in two weeks. Might oh. be a scam. We don't know yet. Kind of reads like a scam. It totally does, especially since the promotional Instagram photo is a picture of a guy. I think it's a, just a giant bringer show. I think it's a speed dating opportunity for Robert Southgate, the guy that created it. Well, he's got a wife that apparently is hosting it, but no one's ever seen her or heard from her, and I don't know why she didn't front us. Yeah, she's probably in the basement, just like that Scientology lady. <coughs> um, Which one? Oh, that guy's wife? Is she in the yeah, basement? Yeah, the Muscavage. Um, she's not dead, I hope, right? She's just in a basement? Or they, they murdered her for sure. She she opened her door one time and was like, I'm not dead. Just like Melania. Remember that? Um, you should follow the Spotify playlist because you want to seem like you know shit about music to your friends. And look, who's got the time to be informed? Us, as it turns out. Two parents with full-time jobs and full-time hobbies. Um, check out my other podcast, The Palm Pilots. Uh, follow our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram's actually pretty fun. Dude, Michelle Diane Miscavige, a.k.a. Shelly Miscavige, has made no public appearances since August 2007. Wait, what did... <laughs> well, what did I say just happened in 2007? Just went, no, when I said you asked me when I did something, I said it in 2007. Oh, last time you did Salvia. Or no, yeah, yeah, 2007, so... Around the time I was doing Salvia, Shelly Miscavige disappeared. Wow. The world has changed. She missed all of Obama. I mean, she missed Mac Miller's entire career, you know? Yeah, it's kind of wild. Anyway, I'm going to start looking for Shelly. Yeah, guys, hashtag uh, find Shelly. <laughs> hashtag find Shelly. Uh, slash impress me with music. It's not a URL. You can't put a slash in a hashtag. <coughs> Alright, I got a dry throat. Gotta get out of here. Alright, yeah. Um, we're bouncing. Um, bounce, know. bounce. Do you? This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.